The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, of course, the big question on almost everybody's mind today is Kyle Rittenhouse. He's the one who, in case you don't remember, I believe it was Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they were having, I don't know, protests, riots, you know, civil unrest. They were having a Biden voter get-together that involves burning cities down and looting. Let's call it what it was. Burning, looting, murdering. That's exactly. There's lots going on up there, and he was there, and his initial um, uh, reason for being there was he was trained in first aid and as a had some EMT training, so he was there offering first aid to anybody who required it or needed it or would let him help. If he saw somebody wounded, he would offer assistance to them. That's what he was doing all day the day that he was there. That's I understand too, and they never would reported this. His father lived there. That was his community. His father. He went to 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 take care, make sure his. <clears throat> father's community and yeah and in he fact, was his community wasn't going to be burnt to the ground he was working with people from what i remember yeah to get this to you know he was he was offering assistance to the people who were there yep and they were accepting of his assistance and they asked him to help so and he and, was there and just the prosecution and the democrats and the media trying to tell people that oh kyle came across state lines he lived there. I mean, he didn't live there permanently. But he had family there. He had a reason there. to be there. So he had a reason to be there. So this whole mess about But yet, what about the protesters? The ones he you know, interacted with or had, uh, uh, did they live there? Look at the, I don't about, believe they did. Exactly. Think about this. A majority of those people, Antifa BLM, did not live there. They all crossed state lines to burn a city down, and the Democrats have no problem with that. Yeah, oh, they have a problem with a kid defending using himself. his Second Amendment right to defend himself, his family, and and his community. They have a problem with that. Yeah, it's funny, I, and I had to look this up. We I covered this last week a little bit. I want to kind of go over it again. What does it take to determine whether something is self defense or not? That's what I was well, looking at. Well, maybe the <laughs> let's look, let's look at the Kyle case. Um, one of the douchebags. <laughs> that uh, that he shot <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, let's be honest. One of the the dirt bags, he threatened when Kyle when he saw Kyle, he yelled at Kyle. He threatened. He told Kyle, "I'm going to kill you." And then he cor- he chased down Kyle, cornered Kyle, and then he grabbed Kyle's gun. Tried to grab his gun, and Kyle shot him. What would you do? I would have done the same. Now there was a guy who also you know? was a so. convicted felon. Who he was a convicted child rapist. Well, yeah, okay, felon. So, yeah, let's point it out to what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, let's make it sound as bad as possible. Yeah, as bad as possible. But in any case, he was a and he was a convicted felon and in possession of a handgun. Of a handgun. So the guy who illegally had a handgun is not in on trial. The guy who legally had his gun and used it for self defense. He's on trial. Accordance with the Second Amendment is on trial. Right. According with the Second Amendment so and even state laws. And state he laws. He fell and within laws, that. Yeah. Uh, but this, you got to understand that this guy cornered Kyle, tried to take his weapon, so Kyle shot him. And then Kyle ran where? 
Kyle ran towards, towards the, police. the police. He ran towards the police so he could tell them, hey, this just happened. And while running to the police, he was run down by the other two douchebags. I know. And they. So, let, you know what, Roger? This will be a good well, thing. One of the you. things of self defense is can you get away? Exactly. And he did. Exactly. He was doing he his tried. best to get so, away. So, Roger, you're very well versed in this, and you can back me up on this, I folks. Lost Try my catching shit. a criminal who breaks into your house who runs away and you chase after them and then you try to to no, no, take them no. down yeah. especially see what happens to you if he's not threatening your life this at the time if he's stealing property right. you cannot shoot some oh you value your property more yeah. than you value his life you go well he apparently values my property more than he does his life too right. if you catch him in the house that's one thing but if you catch him in the house and he turns and runs and you chase him they're going to come down on you right cuz you're not you, supposed to shoot somebody citizen. but yet Kyle, who ran away from these two douchebags, who they <laughs> caught him, Kyle's supposed to be the bad guy. It's so messed up, only because of politics. Uh, you know, you get, but you've got these guys who ran him down, and, and I'm sorry, a skateboard, if, if you've ever been, a, and look, I was a skateboard guy, I was a skater. Uh, a skateboard can be a weapon. <laughs> I mean, those things are pretty darn hard and built well. If you smack somebody in the head with it, you're going to hurt them. Oh, you could kill somebody easily with easily, a skateboard. Easily. There's metal trucks on the bottom of it, a big flat board. <laughs> oh, so you're going to stand there let me hit you with a 2 by 4 and you're not going to shoot me. With metal trucks. And if you don't know what a truck is on a skateboard, that is the, the part that holds the, the apparatus wheels. that holds the wheels. <laughs> you had to look this up because I think I lost a page in my, uh, in my uh, stuff here. But I found it again. There are... There are elements. There are four elements required for self-defense to be considered. Mm -hmm. One, unprovoked attack. You must not be the aggressor in the situation, which he was not. And that was on trial, and it was. And the prosecution made the case for the defense. I know. Uh, Yeah, that was. It's like they have no idea what the laws are. Well, they were. They rushed to judge because of politics, and now these prosecutors see what idiots they are because. The case, every piece of evidence, every video, and luckily there was so much video, but right. every video that made shows a huge Kyle difference for him. Not being the aggressor. Right. And that, Roger, as you point out, if you can't be the aggressor in a self-defense That's the first claim. factor in a self-defense claim. You must not be the aggressor. And he was not. That was clear as day. He yep. was he was not he didn't start anything. He was just he was there. He was there. Other people started with him. And he still composed himself and didn't do anything he wasn't supposed to do, basically. Let's see. What's factor number two? Okay. You have to be threatened with extreme injury or possible death. Yeah, someone hitting you in the head with a skateboard that was just determined was something that could kill you. A guy pointing a handgun at you could potentially kill you. Someone knocking you to the ground while you're running at full speed away from them could possibly kill you. I mean, these guys were out to cause him bodily injury, harm, or death. In fact, if he did not, first of all, this shocks me. What idiot with a skateboard would come after a guy holding an AR-15 rifle? Well, bring know, a skateboard to a gunfight. If you watch some of this prosecution, Roger, this bozo prosecutor actually said that. Well, well, you 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 can't bring a gun to a fist fight. No, no, you don't bring a fist to a gunfight. <laughs> gun <fight. laughs> you know, it'd be different if he was running after them. That would be oh, different. Totally different. This case would be totally different had he been the aggressor. But he wasn't. He was running to the police away, and the, and the bozo with the skateboard caught up to him and tried to smash him in the head with the skateboard. The other bozo tried to kick him in the head and then pointed a gun in his face. And that just cracks me up because I'm going, I mean, what idiot would try and do that? Yeah. 
I know. It's it's amazing to me. I mean, hey, what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> That's like daring somebody to shoot you. They got a gunpoint. Oh, you're not going to shoot me. Right. Boom. Well, there you go. I just did. Well, come on. These Antifa and BLM types are not the brightest people, let's face it. They're being they're they're reacting uh, mob-like because they're being told to and uh, they probably sit on their couch all day playing video games. And let me tell you something, life it ain't no video game. There's no reset button. There's <laughs> no exactly. You die, it, you die. You might be able to reach out in a video game of the virtual world and pull somebody's gun from their hand or or point a gun in their head. Uh, you might be able to do that in the real world. world. You might be able to do that in real world for someone who but has for someone who has no training. But sure, you're going to get real shot. As in, well, yeah, there's always that possibility if that person well, is prepared and trained. Talk about training, Roger. You can speak to this as well. You and I both can. Did you see the prosecutor point the gun at the jury with his finger, finger on, on the, the trigger? trigger. Oh he my should have asked God. Kyle, Kyle, can you show me how to handle this gun? Because clearly the prosecutor didn't know. No, he didn't know, he he didn't nothing, know squat no about that. He had no safety whatsoever. No, okay, this and just came in. Apparently they've asked Kyle to take his AR-15 and guard the courthouse in case of riots. Oh, wait, that was the Babylon <laughs> no, Bee. <it's>, oh, <laughs> I love the Babylon Bee. Oh, my gosh. If you're out there and you're, you're listening, listening to us right now and you haven't checked out the Babylon Bee, check it out. It's just they do uh, it's a, funny it's stuff. A, it's a satire website. Yeah, and satire, they, they, and they do funny stuff. They make stuff. no bones that they're satire, but, oh, my gosh, they come up with the best headlines. And it's funny because they have these ridiculous things they come up with, and yet Facebook tries to fact-check them. Oh, then they fact-check like, them. It's like, this is not a fact. <laughs> the website says we are a satire website. Yep. And they still get back checked. <laughs> these are jokes. These are meant to be funny. These are meant to be entertaining. These are not facts. And they still get fact checked, which oh my cracks me up. That is awesome, though. Well, they said, yeah, they've asked him to, asked to guard the courthouse guard in case of uh, riots when, they, when, the, when, the, you know, when the verdict comes out. <laughs> you know, just based on the video, I could totally see the judge. I, you know, I wish the judge, and I, I know he can't be impartial, but it would have been great if he had said, uh, Kyle, can you show this prosecutor the proper way to handle a gun? Because Keep him from want, flagging everybody with this weapon? <laughs> video every moment kyle in that video he had that gun pointed to the ground hand off the trigger which is the proper way and and he never pointed that hey, come on he pointed when he had to shoot somebody he shot three oh. people every one of which was a threat he didn't hit threat. any innocent bystanders no, no innocent no. people yeah. damaged no ex, no did no extra damage to any no property damage to any property to other people and the prosecution tried to call him an active shooter do you even know what an active shooter Apparently is? Apparently they don't. Running, running well, with your gun pointed to the ground, running to the police, does not an active shooter do? Right, no. And also, it's active shooter is one of those media terms that's made yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. You know, it's with his quote-unquote like, assault like rifle. Assault rifle. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, assault rifle is a term, but it's not used for anything that's semi-automatic, first no. of all. And AR does not stand for assault, assault rifle. rifle. Uh, what does it stand for? Armalite. Armalite rifle, yes. You had uh, you had some media, these bozos on MSNBC yesterday, saying that Kyle had an automatic weapon. Kyle did not have uh, an automatic weapon. Now did I, you, these people are crazy. They don't. Well, they just don't know, or they're just lying. They're they're ignorant, or they're lying. Yeah. I, I'd like to assume they're ignorant and just don't know the difference. I'd like to give them now, that doubt. Did you see when the prosecutor? 
when the guy was testifying, the guy who got his arm shot, mm-hmm. and he was saying, oh, yeah, I pointed the gun at him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the prosecutor literally face-palmed in front of everybody. Yeah. He literally put his hands down in his <laughs> – he put his head right into his palm and went, yeah. oh, my he, God, what he, just happened? He wanted his witness to lie, but you know what? When you're sitting in that chair and you got a judge looking at you and the jury looking at you, but, but that defense counselor – he was pretty smart in the way he worded because the first time he worded that, the uh, that guy I can't remember his name, the the douchebag that was sitting there, he said he goes no, I didn't. He goes you pointed the gun at him. Oh no no, not before he shot. And then the then the counselor said, but when Kyle was on the ground, you pointed a gun, and then his gun came. Then Kyle's gun came up. Oh yes, that's correct. <laughs> I mean, it was great. It really was. It was great. Yep. Now, here we go. Okay, here are the five. L- okay, we said innocence. You can't start the fight. Right. It has to be somebody else has to start it, which they clearly established he did not start he anything. Didn't start, right. He was standing there guarding this business, minding it's, you know, minding the business owner's wishes, asking pe- not to let people destroy, burn, or tear down his way of making a living, his way of life, his, his means to support his family and himself. Mm-hmm. Gee, imagine that. Wanting to protect your means to support your family and yourself, and these people want to take it from you. And everyone goes, "Oh, we had insurance to go." Let me tell you something. I've been in small business before. Insurance never, never. covers enough. It's not going to cover to make the difference. In fact, no, we're, we're talking livelihoods. The business bad. we were—I was in a business, and we had lots of glass, mm-hmm. and we could not afford the glass insurance because it would have cost yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars a year to get that because it's you know it's such a fragile. Yeah. I, I think I participated in boarding up some of yes. said glass. And, you know, you can't get that kind of insurance. But, yeah, they break a giant pane of glass. It's $1,000 to fix one of those. But to get the insurance is like $25,000 a year. So you're going, I'll risk whether or not they break 25 25. panes of glass or or steal $20,000 worth of stuff stuff in a year. Now, that's not – that's assuming outside the realm of riders coming and burning your place to the ground. Right, right. right. So sometimes your business insurance is not going to do squat for you. It's just not going to do it. No, it's not. And, and again, like I said, why – why are the media and the Democrats so willing to get on the side of destruction and not on the side of an innocent citizen? It's okay, so we discussed innocence, and there's imminence. Right. Did he feel the, the imminent definite danger. possible imminent danger that was coming at him? Well, when they knocked him down with a skateboard while he was running away, so, and then the guy stood over him about to bash about his brains to bash in. His brains in. Yeah. That seems pretty imminent. That's pretty imminent. No. Look, Rosenbaum, one of the douchebags. This guy was lighting fires, swinging a chain, as and a chain is a weapon, folks. Um, if you don't think so, stand in front yeah, of a guy swinging one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you don't think, if, yeah, if you don't think a skateboard can be a weapon, or if you don't think a chain can be a weapon, come on over and you come throw some words at me. I'll swing a skateboard and let's see who hurts the worst. I'll, I'll give you a pool noodle and I'll swing a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that turns out. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. And, but that's the, but that's to your point. Imminent danger. This guy was swinging a chain. He was yell. I mean, and and, and then. He threatened, and there are witnesses that testified to this, and looked at Kyle and said, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That is imminent danger. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's an unveiled no. threat. There's yeah. no ambiguity there no at ambiguity. all. What was the next one? Let's see. Oh, we got to stop for a break. We'll come back. We've got three more things to cover on this, though, and we'll be back for those three issues in just a couple of minutes. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Gotta go so fast. Whether cruising the strip yeah, in a 57 yeah. Chevy yeah. or well, taking the family the on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile yeah. Vista Cruiser, you need that. to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Okay, we're going to discuss these other elements. We did um, innocence, didn't start the fight. We did imminence, was there imminent danger? There was. Someone standing over you, threatening to bash your brains in. The next one is proportionality. Well, let's see. Someone's trying to kill you. Do you try and kill them? That's pretty much kill or be killed. That's proportionality in its purest sense. You know, there was a good movie way, way, way back when called Kill or Be Killed. Oh, was there? Okay. Well, I'm thinking more recently, there was a series called Firefly. Oh, right. Captain Malcolm Reynolds <laughs> clearly said one day, he goes, where I come from, if someone tries to kill you, you try and kill them right kill back. back. <laughs> you try and kill them right back. Which, you know, what reasonable person wouldn't try to defend themselves with deadly force if threatened with deadly force? Right. Well, there are people who will just stand down maybe, and get murdered. A, but Maybe a Democrat. <clears throat> but, I mean, the proportionality was there. Yeah. Oh, you know, you start bashing somebody's brains in, swinging a chain at them, trying to do them harm, trying to kill them. Well, he run, and the guy was—you you said the guy was threatening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By video, he, he was on video. He openly told him, "I'm going to kill you." So there he goes. Okay, okay. so he clearly okay. stated his intentions, which means you, proportionally, I mean, if someone's trying to kill you, you I try mean, and kill I, them first. I see you swinging a chain around, and I see you lighting fires. You're committing arson, and you walk over to me and you tell me you're going to kill me. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. That's and right. I'm going to kill you first. First, <laughs> We're gonna, I'm I mean, go, well, I'm going to stop that, you from killing right, me with whatever means necessary. From yeah, exactly. And I mean, maybe the progressive socialist Democrat sees it different, but. Uh, so we got red blooded American. Innocence. He was innocent. He didn't start anything. Imminence. It was coming. It had already come. They already started. It had Proportion- already been brought in. That's right. Proportionality. They were threatening to kill him. Clear as day. The last one is avoidance. Mm-hmm. And and what's on video? Him running away from his attackers. Running away. And they're chasing him down. Chased him down. They chased him down, knocked him down, and then tried to beat him in the head. And they're trying to say he did something wrong. If I mean, if they had not been chasing him, he probably would have stopped, walked on home, yeah. been done with well, it, nothing would have happened. He would have happened. to the police. He, he, yeah, he, he would have got to the police. He was headed to turn himself in and say, hey, I had to shoot a guy. And that's why he was running to the cops. And these bozos. But if they hadn't out. been chasing him. 
there would have been no there would have been nothing the there would have been no problem uh, i mean it it like i said this the, the he should be acquitted and and uh, what a travesty it will be if that jury doesn't mm. come back and then he should sue the city of Kenosha for oh, even bringing needs, trial. I saw a meme the other day. You know, you remember that that guy that uh, from the oh gosh, the high school kid who wore the MAGA hat. Who was oh right, right, the, Nick uh, Sandin. Yeah. Sandin. There's a meme with him going, "I got 250 million from from uh, CNN. <laughs> CNN," and then it's when got he, Kyle and going, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, about right. I yeah, mean, oh my so, god! You know, oh, I can't wait for the counter suing to start because he deserves it. Yeah, he does for what they Kyle, put the, for what he, they put him through. In, in fact, Kyle ought to sue the United States government, and that being Biden, because Biden came out and immediately when this when this news happened, news came out that someone was shot. Biden came out and called Kyle a white supremacist. And need I remind you that no people of color were shot by Kyle. Right. Nor they were was all white from that evil white box that I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's right. There was there was no privilege there. There was no privilege there. I mean, unless no. white privilege means being able to get shot. Unless, <laughs> unless white privilege means if you're if you're white stupid, you're going to get white privilege shot. Uh, yeah, and and so uh, I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. But he he should. I mean, for the president of the United States to come out without seeing any start facts making of the case judgments and make a judgment like that. Who do you think that's going to stoke? I mean, you have the president of the United States who who ran saying, "I'm going to unite the country." Before he sees any facts of a case, call the guy a a, a white, white supremacist. supremacist. What do you think is going to happen to all the sycophants out there who think there's so so much racism going on? They're going to go start chasing white people, right? Because I mean, you know, and and if and they're burning what, things down and looting, apparently, because uh, wow, apparently, imagine if you that. think someone's racist, you go. Mm. Rob the nearest Target in Walmart <laughs> because flat screen, flat screen TVs alleviate racism. <laughs> if I steal this flat screen TV, then you can't be racist to me anymore. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Oh God, yeah, it's it's so funny how they try and make this about racial equality. It's like yeah. you know, racial equality is a great cause, and it would be great if we could have that instituted. Yeah. But there's always going to be people of all races who are going to discriminate against people who are not like them, and that doesn't just mean white people or black people or. Red or yellow or orange or purple people, I don't care. Everybody makes prejudice or possibly racist yeah. statements all I, the time. Especially prejudice. Not one person around is not has some type of prejudice. And it's so not. And natural. even even racist statements don't necessarily have to be derogatory. Well, true. That's that's the funniest thing. Like I had a guy tell me, he goes, "Oh, all all Asians are so smart." I go, "Dude, that's a racist statement." He goes, "But I said they were smart." It's like doesn't matter. <laughs> I said they were smart. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. You're saying one race is better than all others. Right, that's and racist. And let's and let's be clear, Roger, because you just said it. But I guarantee you, ninety <laughs> percent or more of these bozos running around screaming racism couldn't define the term racism. racism. Don't can't define the word. I guarantee you they can, and because if you if the the definition of racism is you inherently think one race is better than the other. Right. You have to claim one is better than right. another. Inherently better, not you, just better. Inherently better somehow. And you can't just you know knock or you can't just make a stereotypical assessment of a right. race like okay right. all Asians are smart. Right. 
that you know it does that's right or if that, you say it hurts someone's feelings but it's but that's also that that's racism, prejudice you, also right but it's not racism racism you have to inherently say that one race they're better. Is better yeah they're better than all other because they do this better or they're smarter or they're greater because the color and uh or but, yeah, but you know try explaining that to some of these bozos out there yeah they just don't know the difference no I, I mean, look, I'm sorry. Disagreeing with Joe Biden on that gas prices should not be $5 a gallon doesn't make you a racist. Wanting cheap gas doesn't make you a racist. Well, people, you know, people, you know, that's funny because people don't realize. They think, oh, I don't have a car. I don't need gas. I go, do you take the bus? Do you take the train? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, Where do you, what do you on? think they run on? Fairy dust and <laughs> unicorns? <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn farts. That's right. No, they run on fuel. And when they Every run to get their iPhone, how do they think the iPhones get here? get to the store? Somehow, some truck drivers bringing that. Every grocery store, every restaurant, you need to get their stuff delivered. Yep. Not delivered by fairy dust. It comes by fuel, diesel fuel, gasoline. I haven't seen any atomic power, powered cars yet, but you know, maybe. Not but yet. still, that's you know, it takes energy to get it there. And if the cost of that, that energy goes up, the price of what that truck is carrying is going to go up, too. It's going to reflect in that. So don't think, what's her name? Saki? Pasaki? Yeah, Saki. Saki. She said, pilots. oh, we have no reason to believe businesses will raise their, raise their prices just because we tax them more. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> That's as bad as a Democrat telling you that that if we go to the fair tax, a consumption tax, that, well, businesses won't reduce their prices because we stopped taxing them to oblivion. Yeah, I right. Mean, it's just, it's you know how you can tell that's not true? Go to any corner in America where there's more than one gas station. If yeah. one drops his price, that other's yeah, going to drop its, its price within seconds. Yep. The same thing would happen with a fair tax. but yep. And then guns would be cheaper, which, of course, would be great. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, so we figured out this guy has innocence. He didn't start the fight. Imminence. There was imminent danger of him being harmed. Proportionality. The guy said, I am going to kill you. So he killed him first. So he killed him first. And avoidance. He was running away when these people knocked him to the ground and attacked him. Yep. He was trying to escape. And they stopped him from escaping. Now, that's just, okay, every every factor of self-defense was met clearly every without factor. any... Yeah question and yet he still had to go to trial for this which to right. me is just ridiculous it's a disgrace and what i mean look at the taxpayer dollars wasted but they wanted something spectacular and and well, again, uh, sensational uh, be, you know they made everything political and it was an election year and all that mess and they wanted race to be the forefront they wanted race to be the cause so the prosecution ran to prosecute. But, that's but you how wonder, rules think. You know, you kind of wonder though. After think. after Biden won, why didn't they just say, "Oh, we made a deal"? You know, well, time served, and we we'll let you go. That. Yeah. And not have to go through this embarrassment. Because one thing the Democrats can't do, and that's ever admit that they were fault, wrong, or something wrong. wrong. Yeah. Well, fault. this was just crazy that this even went to trial. I mean, anybody who looked at the law would have said, "There's no reason for this to ever come to trial." Plus, I'm going to just say it, and and maybe I'm a bad host, but the CNN, MSNBC, ABC, all the lamestream media, what do they want tonight or tomorrow, whenever the verdict? They want riots. They well, want riots, and the Democrat Party wants riots. Oh, the funny thing is, in Kenosha, they've already called out the National Guard. Yeah. They have them on standby in, when the verdict comes out because they want to stop the violence. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Gee. Where was this mentality <laughs> when the initial violence uh, was going on? Oh, well, they couldn't do it before because... Donald Trump, President Trump at the time, actually called and said, hey, you guys are going to need help. Let me send some guard. But the state and, governor uh, has the to governor, approve the it. Has, the governor has to approve it. And, and they said no. 
and the mayor. So they agreed it. to let their city burn yeah, and not yeah, provide yeah. any protection to any of its citizens. Yep. Now, if I was a citizen of one of these cities and had my car or business or or something burned to the ground or had myself or friends assaulted, I would be so mad at these politicians for refusing to do look do whatever they could they, to help protect us, protect our businesses. Look, politicians do a lot of stupid stuff, but the one thing they need to do, which is they're constitutionally by law have to do or supposed to answer to the protect, people. Well, they're supposed to protect, serve, and protect. I mean, your taxpayer dollars are are is what's paying for that government to make sure there's a police force to make sure that law and order is upheld. And when the government stops and refuses to uphold law and order, folks, I am sorry. Americans will react, and and there are enough of us. That you would will think say, so. If you don't protect our community. We will protect our community. But I wonder how the last election cycle went in Kenosha. I you know. I, you know, I, I don't know. That. I don't know. I don't know. But I'd like to know. Did, did they vote these idiots I out would, who were not willing to stand yeah, to protect their citizens and protect their say, cities? I'll bet you they're headed. Uh, I don't know, though. The people who are there think that's the great. Oh, yeah, we're protesting. We're protesting. It's like you're rioting. You're burning. You're looting. The ones who lost property and businesses, I'll bet you they're voting correctly now. And from what I understand, 85% of the people who lost their businesses were black. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of black. Because the whole neighborhood was predominantly black, and and those people lost their businesses. And you know, a majority or a lot of the Antifa people were white. I know. It's crazy. in the name of racism somehow... (laughs) You know, that's white privilege right there. You can go burn down a black person's business and be congratulated for <laughs> yeah. it. That right. is white privilege. We'll come back right after this. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And right before we left for the break, we just went over all the factors that determine whether self-defense is valid and a reasonable, I guess, a reasonable thing to expect from people. And every single thing Kyle Rittenhouse did said clearly, without question, everything he did was in self-defense. So 
the fact that this even went to trial shows that it was there was some other motivation here to try and get this into the into the spotlight into the the realm of uh politics or something i don't know what they were trying to do i mean i don't understand how these people can look at this case with all the evidence they had there's hours and hours of footage of video that people recorded and it was so clear that he was not trying to start a fight he was trying to escape from the fight and only after being knocked to the ground threatening to be killed did he fire upon anybody and when he did fire upon somebody he was judiciously judicious in his marksmanship he didn't hit any innocent people no innocent bystanders were injured or wounded by him and no businesses were hurt no stray bullets were flying anywhere and causing any damage so you know the guy did everything right he was supposed to do to it was by the book every step of the way and yet the prosecutor decided oh yeah we need to prosecute this case it's ridiculous hopefully he gets off fully vindicated for what he did and gets to go home and hopefully live out the rest of his life. But what I really do hope is that there are people who see this and see how he does does things and realize that he deserves some sort of reward for having to go through this. Maybe he'll get a good attorney who will step up and help sue the county, the city, whatever it takes to get him some money for this because this is going to clearly affect him for the rest of his life. He will be known as the guy who was a shooter in Kenosha. And you know, and there's, and he didn't do anything wrong. But still, just the fact that he went to trial, there's going to be so many thousands and thousands of people, or millions of people, that are going to think he's guilty just because they charged him with something. <sighs> but anyway, we'll see how this comes out. Like I said, I think they're probably bringing, they'll probably have a verdict here in the next couple of days and see how this goes. And it's funny because they have national guardsmen on standby, ready to go when the verdict comes out, just in case it doesn't go. I don't know. Are they not expecting rioting and violent, violent behavior no matter which way it goes? If he gets acquitted, there'll be violence and rioting. If he gets prosecuted, there'll still be riot, rioting and violence. I think they just want an excuse to commit violent acts and start rioting. Maybe You know, it is close to the holidays. Maybe a few people need a TV, and they figure the best way to do that is to start doing a little looting, a little Christmas looting. You know, let's get our shopping done early. <laughs> But hopefully, supplies last. Yeah, while supplies last, because their supply chain thing is still going on. California still has ships backed up, but now Florida is unpacking boats as fast as they can come in. They're getting stuff done. So hopefully, there'll be plenty of foreign weapons for you to buy on Black Friday and throughout the Christmas season. And from what I've seen, ammunition prices are starting to stabilize and come back down again, which is great for people who want to, you know, get their practice in and start doing some shooting. It's still a little high, but there's some out there that's starting to fall. And I think as the supplies start building up, the demand will drop a little bit because there won't be as much panic buying. Right now, people are still panic buying. Oh, God, if I don't get it now, I'll never be able to get it. Or once they stockpile enough, then they think, okay, I have enough. Now I can relax. I don't have to buy it every time I see it. So hopefully that will happen and the prices will drop down. I don't know if they'll ever be back to 2019 prices because those were some of the best I had seen in, in decades to be honest and I'd been buying ammo for decades since the 90s at least and uh, or 80s even but the fact that the prices are coming back down a little at a time that's usually how it always works if you think about it gas prices up like a rocket down like a parachute same thing with the ammo now of course the supply chain issues are causing the cost of the components of the ammo to stay high so we're battling another factor now 
that the cost of the components is high, so that's going to drive up the price of the ammo also. So it's not, it's not, it's not going to be as low as it was. Now, I don't know if any of you guys were listening at the time, but back in 2019, I had told everybody numerous times, guns and ammo have never been cheaper. You're going to get the best deals I have seen in decades or right now. They had uh, Guns were so inexpensive because there was a glut. They really thought that... Uh, when Trump was in office, they, they thought for sure he's not going to sign anything that's going to go anti-gun, so the guns are going to be plentiful from here on out, so there's no reason to rush and try and get anything. You know, no hurry for that. And apparently that kept the prices low. But then the pandemic, the civil unrest, all those things started making demand for guns a lot higher because people were realizing these cities are telling police to stand down. They're telling them not to get in the way, not to do anything if these rioters come through. Let them burn things, let them destroy things, let them loot things. So that drove that tremendously. Okay, let's get into something that's a little more fun. This was something that I saw that was kind of cool. Probably, I would say, one of the most popular twenty-two long rifle rifles in the country and possibly in the world is the Ruger 1022. And... um, it's interesting because it's probably also one of the most upgraded guns in the world. There are so many accessories, so many parts, so many different ways to make your Ruger your own or make it better, make it perform better, make it handle better. A million different ways, and they're all out there. And I, I saw this writer, and he did an article about what upgrades he thinks are probably the best. So I'm going to cover just a few of these. The Ruger 1022, he, he says that one of the number one upgrades that will make your gun shoot better and feel better is a barrel. Now, you, I think they come with a 16-inch barrel, 16-and-a-half-inch barrel, to be sure. But, you know, you can get a little longer barrel, gain a little extra velocity. Maybe something that's precision-made will gain you a little bit more accuracy. And they come in blued steel, stainless steel, even carbon fiber with a steel insert in them. So for super lightweight, there's probably, you know, there's hundreds of different varieties of barrels that fit the Ruger 1022. They can start anywhere from $150 on up to probably over $1,000 for some of the carbon fiber or super precision made ones. But every one of them will make your weapon shoot better. And keep in mind that... These barrels, even though they're some of them are a little more expensive, these are the barrels that win matches. These are the barrels that help people win competitions. So if you want to improve the accuracy, improve the handling, improve the longevity of your barrel, get a new one, put it on. It's a fairly simple process, or get a gunsmith to do it if you're not completely confident in your abilities, <clears throat> and go ahead. Upgrade the barrel. Better accuracy. Better velocity if you get a little longer one. So and they're so much fun and they look better too. Let's not lie. A big heavy barrel out of a 1022 with a big scope on top just looks so much better than a standard 1022 with a wooden stock. And the next upgrade he mentioned was the a trigger upgrade. Now this is probably true of almost any firearm, with the exception of a very few that come with fully adjustable triggers or super lightweight triggers. The 10 the 1022 trigger is okay. Okay, it's not bad. But there's a super ton of different triggers out there that help it get better. They eliminate a lot of the over-travel. They'll they'll eliminate a lot of the weight on the pull because the less weight you have, the easier it is to fire without jerking the gun or pulling too hard on it to pull it off target. And these start at, you know, probably about 100 bucks. So they're fully adjust- some of them are fully adjustable. Some of them can be adjusted down to several ounces, 
which means you know you just have to if you're not familiar with that type of trigger you have to be careful with those because it's easy to start pulling on a trigger that's six ounces if you just touch it the wrong way it will go off you have to be prepared for that but anyway, triggers always make a difference because you put less effort in. When you're trying to pull on a trigger that's four or five pounds and you're holding a rifle that's six or seven pounds, you're putting a lot of effort on that trigger and trying to hold against the pull you're doing, which is difficult. It's especially difficult in handguns, but in rifles it still applies. And now Ruger has done a really good job with, let's say, uh, appealing to the aftermarket crowd. They have several models out that have heavy bull barrels on them and now they have the ruger bx trigger which for the money is probably an easy to swap out huge improvement in your standard trigger and it's relatively inexpensive it's easy to do and it's manufactured by ruger so you know it's going to fit it's going to be compatible and it's going to work perfectly because most of the stuff they do of course is made for their weapon specifically now, this author says the king of triggers is the two-stage KIDD, and it runs from six ounces to two and a half pounds, but it's also 300 bucks. while I believe the BX triggers are just over $100. And, but if you want to compete, if, if you need every ounce of performance squeezed out of your gun, then spend the 300 bucks on the trigger. It's possible to do that, and you can... Uh, get better results out of it or if you know a gunsmith who's willing to to stone and smooth all the internal parts on your trigger that's probably the least expensive way to do it if they're willing to put the t- a little bit of time in depending on how much your gunsmith charges it might be worth it just to buy the, the ruger bx trigger and do a swap out which if you have any ability you can probably do yourself fairly easily or even if you have the gunsmith do it it's going to be relatively inexpensive <coughs> Now, uh, the next issue, now that you've done your barrel, you've done your trigger, your next thing up is going to be your stock. You're going to have to take your time. This requires probably the most amount of research because you really need to measure yourself first. See what your length of pull is. See how much height you want between the cheek weld and the top of the barrel. What kind of mounts are you going to be running for your sights or your scope or your optic or whatever it is you want to run? It's And you got to find something that's going to be comfortable for comfortable for you do you want a thumb hole stock do you want a standard stock do you want a palm swell do you not want a palm swell it just depends on what you like here a lot of it now granted all the really good stocks are going to free float the barrel so they don't touch any part of the stock past about you know past where the action is so this barrel is going to be supported and most of the best ones are probably not going to be made out of wood (coughs) excuse me because wood as you know it will if it's not treated just right it's not sealed up completely weather humidity can all affect the way it 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 shrinks and swells during certain different types of weather and that can affect the impact of your barrel i knew a guy had a gun depending on the time of year would determine how much off he was shooting it was kind of funny because he knew in the summertime he's going to be shooting to a different point aim than it would in the winter time or the late fall so it's something to consider. And like I say, fit is the most important thing, fit and preference. And to me, <clears throat> synthetic stocks are going to be the best way to get the most for your money. Now, it depends on what you want it for, too. If you want just accuracy, a bigger, heavier stock is going to be better with a bigger, heavier barrel. But they also make stuff like Magpul makes one called the Backpacker. 
The backpacker fits on a standard gun, and it allows the takedown Ruger to fit into itself. So it folds up, fits into one very small package, and it's super lightweight. Has all the essentials to make it comfortable and easy to shoot, but it just doesn't have a lot of weight to it. So consider that also. It depends on what you're going to do with it. That, that has a lot to do with it. But for accuracy, you want something a little bigger. Thumb hole stocks seem to be very popular. You want something that's going to be full-sized. You don't want some little, you know, mini kid-sized stock on there if you're a big guy and you're going to hold the gun like a regular rifle. Because the Ruger 10-22 in its standard form is good. It's very, very good. Is it perfect? Not even close. No gun out of the factory is usually perfect. That's why guys have so much fun upgrading stuff. You know, girls have Barbies. Guys have, you know, M4s, Ruger 10-22s, or Glocks, and they can upgrade those, buy all the goodies, the accessories, everything for them. Some ladies, maybe you you guys want to upgrade your Glocks or your 10-22s also. I'm not being uh, misogynistic here, so there's no telling. But just do your shopping because there are thousands upon thousands of options for almost every one of these upgrades. <clears throat> Now, the next one he mentions is the Bolt. And we'll come back to that in just a few minutes. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Hi, this is Rocky Blair former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Right before we left for the break, we were talking about the <coughs> the Ruger 10-22 rifle, probably one of the most modified rifles in the world. 
And this article I was reading was saying how he was giving opinions on what upgrades he thought were some of the best ones, which ones to do, which ones made the biggest difference. And they started off with like the barrel, the stock, the tr- or the barrel, the trigger, the stock. Those are probably the three most popular ones. And those are probably enough for 99% of the people. <clears throat> But if you want to improve it a little more, the next step beyond that would be the bolt. This is where this is where you actually have to have a little bit of skill or get somebody to do it for you. <clears throat> but they were talking about doing it yourself. For starters, put some white grease on the bolt, run it a few times by hand in the receiver, pull out the bolt and see where the receiver where their bolt rubs the receiver. And you can polish these areas a little bit to smooth it out. What that does is it, it cuts down on the time the bolt actually has to cycle so it can shoot a little faster it's not having friction so it doesn't build up as much heat these are all things that help any weapon work better whether it's a 1022 a glock a whatever any kind of an ar rifle any kind of semi-auto action is going to benefit from smoothing of the bolt in the receiver to making it run properly run better than stock that always helps now the next thing he was recommending is to get a firing pin and an extractor. These are parts that are most likely to cause problems if the weapon is used a lot. The extractors a lot of times are made out of a little cheaper metal and when they break, the gun essentially becomes a single shot that you have to pry the old shell out with your pocket knife or whatever once it's fired and feed one at a time from there. So you don't want to have an extractor break. And this goes for almost any gun. That's a very difficult issue when you have an extractor break. And a lot of times, once it fires around, you'll never be able to get that round out of there just by hand. It's going to have to be have a rod pushed down the barrel to kind of pop the shell out. <clears throat> so you want to get the extractor better metal, a little sharper, so it is able to grip it a little better and pull it out more surely. This just adds to the reliability factor, which, you know, reliability is something everybody wants in every gun you've got. Even the most tuned target weapon must be reliable. So he said there's a kit called the Bolt Tune-Up Kit, which includes a wider, harder firing pin, a sharper extractor, and springs. Now, the springs, I guess depending on what kind of ammo you're going to fire, you may be able to add a heavier spring or put a lighter spring in. Most of the ammo they sell now is called high velocity, which is obviously by its name, high velocity is more velocity than a standard velocity round. And almost all the 22 ammo you're going to find out there, all the inexpensive stuff is going to be high velocity rounds. So having a little heavier spring to keep the action from beating itself to death is probably a very good idea. But, you know, that's not something you would have to do. But basically, like I say, barrel, trigger, stock, bolt. And the bolt, a lot of the bolt can just be polishing bits and pieces, replacing a couple little things, and that can add to the reliability, durability of the weapon, which, of course, everybody wants in every weapon they've got, especially when it's something you count on. Whether you're competing or just out hunting, you don't want to have a weapon fail you for something silly that you could have made a difference with. So consider the bolt changes. Consider the stock, the barrel. The trigger, to me, is one of the best ones. If not, you know, you can buy the kit and have a gunsmith do it. This gentleman was saying it usually runs about $50 to do the polishing on the bolt, smooth everything out, and just make it a little better than the factory the factory gun. And the next thing he says, okay, a custom receiver. Now, this kind of gets into the realm of rebuilding the entire gun. If you change the receiver, the bolt, the barrel... <laughs> You don't really have a Ruger much anymore. You have a, a full custom-made semi-automatic 1022. 
you know. And you can fix the Rugers, the standard receiver, by polishing things on the inside, seeing where there's some some touching. You know, if there's any contact, you want to smooth those spots out and make them a little easier on the gun to, to fire and just add to the reliability of it. Now, keep in mind, though, if you get a receiver for your Ruger 1022, that is the gun. The receiver is considered the gun part. It will be serialized and have to be purchased through an FFL dealer. So you have to know if you're replacing a receiver, it's like you're buying another gun. And if you sell your old receiver, you have to be aware of the laws in your state for selling a weapon. It's just like you're selling the whole rifle to somebody when you if you sell the old receiver, which a lot of people probably do, and there's ways to get them. But just when you buy it, make sure you follow all local laws and ordinances. You don't want to get in trouble for selling your old receiver or buying a used receiver from somebody and not going through the proper channels. We always recommend... Do it legally. Do it right. It's going to make a huge difference in in the future. You don't want to be caught up with something that wasn't transferred correctly or done right. If you buy a new receiver, make sure it goes to your FFL. Now, most manufacturers are not going to send it directly to you because they know it's a gun. And they have licensing that has to be worked with properly in order for them to keep their licensing. Now, to me, one of the next things is going to be the sights. The sights on a Ruger are good. They're they're adjustable. They're fairly precision, but they're fixed. You know, well, not they're not fixed. They're they're open sights, and they have a bunch of different variations of this. Which most of those are pretty good. Now, for open sights, it really just depends on preference. Here, some people like a little dot. Some people just like a blade. You know, a a, a rear blade and a post to line up. Depends on what you like. Me, personally, I prefer optics, which we'll get to next. But, yeah, the standard sights are pretty good. And depending on how old your eyes are or how good you are using open sights would depend whether you want to spend money on this kind of upgrade or not. So that's something to consider also. But to me, if you're going to do something with the sights, you want to leave the existing sights are okay. You can... There are some that require drilling of the receiver, which always scares me when you ever have to modify the actual part of the gun. But... You can do it, put different sights on it, and away you go. <clears throat> but the next thing is going to be optics. Now, here, it's it's crazy how far you can go with this stuff. You can get anything from a a $69 red dot up to, you know, a $2,000, $3,000, you know, Night Force scope put on one. And everything in between. It depends on what you're going to do with this gun. If you were going to try and shoot things at the longest possible distance of a 22, you need a scope you can see out of. You need a lot of magnification. And you want something that's not going to be affected by heat mirage. That's not going to be affected by distortion in the glass. You're going to have to get a, a top quality piece of glass put on there. Now, a lot of people would hesitate to put a $2,000 piece of glass on a, what started off life as probably a $300 rifle. But if you start doing all these upgrades, you may find that the accuracy is there to warrant a better scope. It might need something a little bigger and a little heavier. But again, if you're going hunting with it, you don't want to put a three-pound scope on a hunting rifle just because then you have to carry it all day. But there's literally thousands of choices for this depending on your needs. Most hunters can probably get by with a 2 to 7, 3 to 9, something like that, even maybe a 1 to 6 or 1 to 8 with these new scopes with the low-power variable optics. Those are some of the best ones for almost every situation to me. I love I love the low-power variable optics. On a 22, sometimes you're going to be shooting at longer range or you're going to have to identify smaller game. So a scope with some magnification is a definite plus here. 
And it just depends on what you want, want to do. Like I say, if you're going to spend $3,000 on a Night Force, or do you want to spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks on on a Simmons or a Tasco or a, a Vortex, even for five or 600 bucks? What else does he have listed here? Nikon, which I believe Nikon is getting out of the rifle business, though, or getting out of the uh, gun scope business, so they may not be available. Sightmark, there's a thousand different choices there. Figure out what you like. Look at the reticle. See what works for you. See what you like the look of. And purchase a good scope. To me, the scope makes a huge difference in your accuracy and your ability to shoot these guns. I love shooting with a good optic, especially with a decent amount of zoom on it. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you don't need anything more than a 6X or an 8X for a for a 22. Let me tell you, when you're shooting at distance, even 25 yards, it's nice to be able to say the detail on the target and use your scope as a spotting scope so you don't have to look from, from spotting scope to rifle scope just to see where your holes are. So you want to do that. I like. I always go for a little higher magnification because that's what I want. But then, of course, you got to see what kind of mounts you're going to use because the Ruger, the Ruger does come with dovetail mounts most of the time, and it, a lot of the newer ones come with a a Picatinny rail that will screw onto the receiver. Comes with a bare receiver with four screws, and you screw the Picatinny rail onto it. I believe the older ones had the dovetail mounts. But if you have a dovetail scope and you want to use it, you can probably buy a screw-on mount that will mount the dovetail which is a little smaller setup. But the Picatinny rail is probably the easiest way to get the biggest variety of optics on your Ruger 1022. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people will look at the one that I shoot the most and say, oh, that's, a, that's too much glass for that gun. It's like, you know what? I like it. I like the extra magnification. I like being able to zoom in and see targets clearly, whether they be live targets or paper targets, whatever they will, are. You want to be able to see what you're shooting. Always makes a huge difference. <laughs> And, you know, you may, and to be honest, I know I probably shouldn't say this because there's wives everywhere rolling their eyes going, you don't need another gun. But, you know, just to say it, more than one 1022 would not be a horrible idea. It'd be great to have, you know, one for hunting that's lightweight, relatively short, a smaller scope on it, one for target shooting that's built with a heavy barrel, a, a customized stock, a super light trigger, and an optic that you could, you know, choke a horse with. Something big and, and nasty that's got great glass in it that you can see distance for quite a ways out. That's, of course, my choice. I prefer higher optics or higher magnification on all my scopes. So keep this in mind. If you're going to build a gun, start at the beginning. Barrel, trigger. Those are your first two things. Now, of course, once you improve the accuracy that much, then the stock open sights may not be enough to milk the most accuracy out of it. Now, of course, there's some guys out there going, oh, I shoot better with iron sights than anything else, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. If you do, that's great. But to me, for the most precision, you're going to need a magnified scope or magnified optic on top of this gun to bring out the absolute most in its accuracy and its potential. So get yourself a Ruger 1022 and start playing around. Start looking. See what you can find. Because every single one of these you see is different. They're all, everybody builds them to their preference. Some are great. Some I think are ugly, but the people love them. And you have all kinds of different choices. I mean, it is probably one of the most customized rifles in the world, bar none. Because you got to realize this gun has been around for over 50 years. God, I can't remember. I can't even find when it came out. See if I can find that. Da, 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 da. Nope, not here. I don't. I think it came out in the '40s, though, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been out for a long time. There's been different iterations of it. Most recently, I believe they came out with the takedown version, which was extremely popular, and it was hard to get for a while when it first came out. 
And But, of course, like most Rugers, they executed the production perfectly. It works flawlessly. You can take the barrel off, put it back on, and it retains accuracy. So that's something to consider. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go out. Find you a 1022 to Accurize. Have fun with it. It's like I say, it's like Barbies for men. All right, I'm Roger B. This has been Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.